0: In Session with Dr. Fadid Holakwi.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome to In Session. I'm your host, Dr. Farid Hulakwi, and I'll be with you for the next two hours here on Radio Hamra. Studio number to call in 310-441-0555. You can follow me on Twitter or Instagram or like my page on Facebook to get updates on the show or suggest topics or books for the program. The shows are uploaded at the end of each week to my SoundCloud page and podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Again, our studio number three one zero Let's get to the books of the week because there's no show on Monday. Uh, the book of the week for this week that I'll talk about on Monday's show is How Am I Doing by Dr. Corey Yeager how am I doing 40 conversations to have with yourself and uh, just saw this at a bookstore and it seemed interesting. He's a, uh, I think a psychologist therapist and often we think of questions to ask a partner or a loved one and that can be very important. But here there's 40 conversations, questions to ask ourselves to better understand ourselves. And to me, a big part of psychotherapy, uh, it's a a healing journey, but a big part of that healing journey is about self-awareness and so um, conversations with ourself are an ongoing thing. Looking forward to reading the book and sharing it with you on Monday. Book of the week from last week that I'll talk about today is Brain Energy by Christopher M. Palmer. Brain Energy, a revolutionary breakthrough in understanding mental health and improving treatment for anxiety, depression, OCD, PTSD, and more. And in that subtitle there, it says a revolutionary breakthrough, and it's not overstating it often actually. When I see um, books that have these kind of titles or subtitles, it could seem like they're over-promising. But in this book, the theory and the evidence that Christopher Palmer puts forth uh, is really um, revolutionary. Now, it's, it's new to me, and I'll share with you what it is, so I still have this sense of skepticism, or I can't say I know it for certain. He shares so much research, uh, looking at different aspects of how theories or research might support this theory. But it's still something that I'm wrapping my head around. So I'll share it with you. I just finished the book earlier today. Um, But this theory, and as the title brain energy implies, is that all mental illness essentially can be explained through energy and metabolism, basically, that uh, are the, the brain cells and areas of the brain and different areas of the brain getting enough energy through mitochondria. And I think um, mitochondria is a word that I, I wanted to guess how many times it was in the book. I'm curious what it is, but probably a few thousand in the 300 pages, because it's a, a big theme throughout the book is that the mitochondria, which is significantly related to energy and metabolism in in cells, plays a huge part in explaining mental illness, or really all mental illness, that it all comes down to brain energy and metabolism uh, and the activity of mitochondria. Now, uh, he actually talks about it, and I, I think it's not joking, but it's a joke because I've heard it so many times that mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell. That's something I remember hearing in, in my introduction to biology class and every biology class after that when we talk about mitochondria which is uh, an organelle within our cells that they provide the energy that that cells use um, through ATP which is adenosine triphosphate and the book is very scientific and goes into a lot of these uh, the research and um, I won't get into all of that but the book is very detailed in describing these different things and he does even share that he's only just scratching the surface because to explain uh, a lot of these different topics like epigenetics would itself take a book. But uh, the mitochondria is huge or has a huge role in giving the cells energy through adenosine triphosphate ATP, but also regulates lots of different things related to um, metabolism and how we use energy. And so then he goes uh, first you know talks about mental illness itself and what is mental illness what it isn't which is a very complex and philosophical debate where do we draw the line of what is mental illness versus versus a normal quote-unquote normal experience and how do we also differentiate or should we differentiate between different mental illnesses is depression one thing or are we talk about many different things and is depression different from Anxiety, or are they two manifestations of the the same thing? And so he talks about that challenge of defining, describing, setting those labels. Uh, Also, he talks about the unfortunate state of affairs where we see uh, mental illness on the rise. And he does get into possible theories or explanations people have, some of them being things like, well, are there more people with mental illness or are we just recognizing it more? Is it that there's more mental illness or people are more comfortable talking about it? Whereas before they would suffer in silence and likely that's part of it too, that people were now are more aware of things so they can put a label on it or they were hiding. And now they're going to be more comfortable sharing because there's still a stigma, but there's a decreased stigma attached to mental illness and all those things might be true. But he suggests that still we're seeing an increase in mental illness and so. Why might that be, and what can we do about it? And another heartbreaking um, notion or observation is that we haven't gotten that much better at treating mental illnesses. This is uh, a depressing type of thing to recognize because we see that although we were very hopeful with things like the Human Genome Project, that once we can look at the whole human genome and the DNA of a human we're going to find so many cures and treatments for different disorders because we'll understand the genetic causes, but we haven't really been able to do that. Also, we were very hopeful about the advances in brain imaging, things like fMRI, functional magnetic resonance imaging, that with these new ways of looking at the brain and looking at the brain when someone is actively doing something or looking at which part of the brains might be underactive, overactive, we're going to figure out what mental illness is, what is causing it, and then with that, be able to easily treat them or get much better at at treating them. But we, one, we haven't really been able to find any biomarkers, like a single test. And sometimes people ask me, is there a, a blood test or even a brain test that can tell me for sure, do I have ADHD? Do I have bipolar disorder? And it doesn't really exist something that can be we can be so certain about some people might say there's signs and there's ways that they can analyze it but as far as i know and i, I think in the book you mentioned the two we don't have this clear biomarker where we can say okay based on your blood test we can tell you have depression uh, unfortunately we uh, we aren't there so we're actually not so great at diagnosing and really understanding what we're diagnosing and at treating mental illness and so Um, even in these last decades, we haven't made really significant advances. And if we look at, for example, psychiatry, the medications we prescribe for mental illness, we haven't gotten much better than we've been a few decades ago, which is quite shocking and surprising, but a sad reality that we have to face. And so he shares that one way to understand all of this is that we might be missing what's causing mental illness. And again, as I mentioned before, his theory that it all, is all, it all comes down to brain energy, metabolic types of issues related to metabolism. And when we hear that word metabolism, for many of us, we think of fast or slow metabolism related to weight and weight loss and those things. But it's much more than that when we go into the cellular level of how cells are using energy and what's going on at that level. And so then throughout the book, after he Shares this theory as an idea. He he outlines all of these different ways where we can see that mitochondria and metabolism play a part in, in understanding how that might then m- mean that it could be impacting mental illness. So things related to inflammation and how that's related to mitochondria, sleep, circadian rhythms, drugs and alcohol, physical activity, um, even our genetics and epigenetics. How Mitochondria play a role in all of these different factors that all contribute to mental illness. And often there are these feedback loops, which means that um, it's not that just mitochondria causes a problem. It's that um, what's happening that causes the mitochondria to have a problem makes the mitochondria act in a certain way that then might exacerbate the problem. A A way of explaining this is something like in depression... Um, one of the things we see is people aren't feeling as good about themselves when they're depressed, and so they're less likely to want to see people and have social interaction. But unfortunately, that isolation makes them more depressed over time, and then that makes it even harder for them to see people, and so it snowballs. So we unfortunately see these uh, feedback loops, and they can go in a negative way. The good news is if you can turn things around, the feedback loop can go in a positive direction. So you spend some time with people. That makes you feel a little bit better. It makes it easier for you to see people again. You can get less depressed over time. But when we look at the impact of mitochondria, as I mentioned, he goes into detail in each one of these chapters and later parts of the book of how we can understand mitochondria and metabolism playing a role or being implicated in these different factors related to um, our mental health and health overall. Because he also shares that we see these connections between Diabetes, Alzheimer's disease, cardiovascular issues that are also related to metabolism and mitochondria, and also how those relate to mental illness. So it's a sweeping theory, and it's, uh, you know, often we hear that word theory, and even I've heard people say this when they talk about evolution. People who deny evolution or don't believe in evolution will say, well, it's just a theory. And unfortunately, this is where our general way of talking about things colloquially. Can interfere with how we understand things on a more scientific level so if I say uh, you know oh you know that celebrity couple they broke up I have a theory as to why it happens I just mean I have some guess or this is what I think it's not based on something solid but in science a theory is a way or a framework of understanding a set of observations that we see so the theory of gravity let's say it's not just oh I think this sounds cool it's a way of making sense of what we observe in the natural world based on lots of research, different types of observations, not just some guess. And so similarly, this theory he puts forward, as I said, because it's so new to me, it's still something that I have to wrap my head around and understand a bit more and look more into the research that he describes in the book and, and different ways of making sense of it. So for me, it's, it's still new and I'm still processing it. Um, but it does seem to make a lot of sense that maybe it's not everything. Often a theory might say everything can come down to this and he doesn't say it that black or white, but it is very strong in that direction. But that this can be a significant factor to understand when we're looking at mental health. It also makes very clear, we often talk about a mind-body connection or that there's no difference or we should be not thinking of physical and mental as so different. And it definitely supports that notion or even when we try to separate these things maybe they are the same thing and we're thinking of physical and uh, mental illnesses as different things maybe they the cause is very much one and the same or comes down to the same types of things so that's very important to recognize and also uh, it could further reduce the stigma attached to mental illness often we look at mental illness and some issues related to it or some aspects of mental illness as a lack of willpower or even historically and even still someone who's immoral is an has addiction or immoral and lazy is depressed um, but when we see that there's real things happening in their cells that makes it very different when there's a biological understanding even if it's not something as i said we can do a test and know for sure they have something but when we see that things like the activity in mitochondria the metabolism might lead to depression we can see that it's not so simple to just think well snap out of it or you know some people say it's all in your head and i say yes it's in your head there's actual things happening in your head that are making you feel depressed or contributing to that so hopefully an understanding like this might make us further reduce that stigma attached to mental illness i'm hopeful for that but also very importantly can um, contribute to making lots of new treatments and he shares different ways that you can um, make new Uh, treatments or new types of treatments related to what he describes in the book. One I'll conclude on here is he talks, uh, there's one chapter on diet and fasting, and even he talks about a ketogenic diet, a, a high fat, lower carb type of diet. Maybe you've heard of that related to things like a paleo diet, those types of things, and how this might be quite helpful for people who are dealing with mental health issues. And Uh, addressing the metabolic types of issues, the mitochondria issues. And that was interesting for me. It was one chapter which had a fair amount of detail, but I'd want to read more about it and those types of connections, even about fasting and prolonged fasting. And he shares, and of course I'll say this too, this is not, I'm not giving a prescription or a recommendation for anyone to just go change their diet in a particular way or to start fasting. You definitely want to consult with your personal physician to make sure whatever you do is safe for you and makes sense for you but he does uh, present evidence supporting fasting and ketogenic types of diets which can are often called fast mimicking types of diets that may be helpful to um, lots of different factors but including mental health issues and his own experience as a psychiatrist seeing people get better or having a positive impact because of that and so to conclude very lastly um i think often in western medicine western types of thinking we're always looking for these easy solutions that's something like a pill okay i'm depressed give me a pill and i won't be depressed anymore or um, i'm unhealthy in some way give me a pill for that and now i won't be unhealthy when usually the things that are going to make us healthy long term are going to be lifestyle types of things you know and i've heard doctors say frustratingly and sometimes jokingly that You know, the client comes in or the patient comes in and says, I'm dealing with this. And they say, "Okay, well, if you start walking more and getting more active and you change your diet in these ways and you sleep better, you'll likely start feeling better. And they say, no, 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 just give me a pill. I don't want to do all those things. But really, it it usually is these smaller things that actually could be a big thing if we do them consistently that we want to look at. And similarly, a lot of what he suggests in the book could come down to small things, lifestyle changes um, that we do on a daily basis that over time can make huge differences in how people feel even related to serious mental illnesses like schizophrenia and bipolar disorder so uh, as i said um, very fascinating book still a lot for me to learn and understand about the theory because i had never heard of it until now which is quite surprising Um, but even more important to talk about it and i hope you'll check it out too and see you you can even see him on lots of podcasts and youtube videos talking about these things or you can read this book brain energy by christopher m palmer let's go to a commercial break we'll be right back welcome back let's go to a caller radio Hamra. you're on the air hello can you hear me (laughs) yes thank you for calling
0: Thank you for uh, having me on the air. Uh, this is my first time actually contacting you on the air, and uh, I'm very familiar with your dad. Um, but this is my first time, so please guide me if I have to explain anything further or sure. if you have any questions. I'm sure you'll do so just I'm,
1: fine. Yeah, uh, and just yeah, you can you know let me know the question or the reason why you called, and we'll get into it. And if I have questions, I'll go ahead and sure, ask. You.
0: Absolutely. So this is in regards. To the relationship uh, I have uh, with my stepdaughter. Okay. Um, I myself, I'm 40 years old. This is my second marriage and uh, my stepdaughter right now, she, is, uh, she just turned 17 actually. Uh, me and my husband, we're both uh, coming from, this is our second marriage. we both been in a long term kind of marriage for nine years i do not have any kids from my previous marriage Mm -hmm. neither we have any kids together Uh, um and he has just the one
1: he has just the one daughter
0: yes she's the only child in uh, my uh, husband's side as well Mm -hmm. and uh we have an amazing relationship together i mean this kid accept me as um maybe stepmom or whatever you can title it Um, we became very close we can talk we can go out we can do whatever and uh, by the way uh, just you know she lives in Canada I live in US but we for almost a year and a half uh, they have like share custody she was staying one week with us one week with the mom Mm -hmm. and uh, this is how it was previously but right now she didn't she decided not to move to U.S. with us, and she's going to continue her education uh, back to Canada. And um, she only visiting us um, during, like, uh, what do you say, like school breaks or uh-huh. summer breaks or uh, like that. She's okay. coming for a couple of weeks um, and staying with us for a month and then leaves us.
1: Okay, and then um, you said year and a half, so have you been with her father a year and a half?
0: No, 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 no. We've been married for uh, over three and a half
1: years. Three and a half years. Okay. And then when did you move away? It seems like you're saying you moved away from where she was? Uh,
0: So uh, more specifically, we met in 2020. Mm -hmm. So before we even uh, get married, I moved to Canada. It was COVID. I stayed there, and then uh, we get married. Uh And uh, we moved back to U.S., uh, Two years ago. I mean, yeah, almost two years ago.
1: Okay. So during that two years, she's been going back and forth every so often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, all sounds good so far. Uh, where's the question?
0: So my question is, uh, she's been dating with this guy. Um, I mean, she's 17
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, um, and maybe a little bit more further. Um, she has an amazing relationship as far as talking openly to me to the father my husband is an amazing father he's openly speaking about everything like sexual relationship between kids I mean boys and girls and everything I mean she's she's a very smart girl and um, we try to really educate her as far as we could Mm -hmm. so um, and obviously um, she's very active with I mean she's an introvert first so she's not really opening up and talk okay. she's a listener <laughs> hmm. so uh, two years ago before we move I kind of noticed because he, she's getting the friends over and I could kind of I have eyes I, I I'm very sharp about like who 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 look how how is the relationship and friendship and I kind of noticed that one of the guy friends of hers um, he's getting closer and I said okay are we he's just a normal friend it's not like a little bit further and he, she kind of opened it up before and like yeah we are kind of boyfriend and girlfriend and we kind of okay with that I mean it's her age maybe it's fine I mean too much of like uh, uh, kind of controlling her it wouldn't be something that we Really wanted to, but in the same time, we weren't really comfortable about it either. I'm trying to kind of tell you how we were feeling and how she was feeling, but again, they've been together for a long time I mean, it's almost two years. Mm-hmm. And every time we were talking, I mean, we're trying to see where she's standing, where he's standing. And by the way, my uh, stepdaughter is one of the, uh, she's in an IB program. She skipped school one year so she's graduating one year early and all her friends are kind of one year older than her i just want you to know about this so she's a little bit more mature than her age so i would say at least two years more mature than her age so this um, relationship goes further and um, we are not i mean we're close when she's here but i'm not really bothering her she's just calling me or texting whenever she feels like it, and mm-hmm. it's barely happening. At the beginning, I was very sensitive about it, but then I said, you know what, she's a teenager, she, has, she needs her space, and end of the day, I'm the second person in her life. But today in Instagram, um, I noticed that she uh, shared a p- profile picture of her and the boyfriend kissing each other, like lip to lip.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: and for me it wasn't acceptable as a persian family i mean i'm persian the dad and mom are not persian but for me it's not something acceptable
1: so and the so your your husband is not persian no okay no. and her mom is not persian no okay
0: Mm-mm. i'm the uh, but we are kind of having the same ideologies about relationship family and everything like okay. very strict about everything makes sense mhm so my husband doesn't have Instagram, so he never seen it. The mom is always in Instagram, but I noticed that she is not her friend in instagram okay and i don't know if I should show show it to my husband and talk about it um, should I tell her that this is not right and I'm just confused. I don't know okay. my my place and how to act. And not, I mean, um, my husband kind of gave me all the rights to talk about what I think, but I do not want to have any, how should I say, I'm afraid that I don't want to break this kind of warm relationship with her. Mm-hmm. I don't want to throw her under the bus. In the same time, I don't. I'm not accepting this. If she was my biological daughter, I would react completely differently. Um, I'm just trying to understand what is the right way. And in general, it's kind of, she does stuff that it's not the way I want it. But in the same time, I don't have so much right about to say stuff to her either. Mm -hmm. I mean, what would be your opinion as a professional? And obviously, um, you are much more, I may be a little bit old-fashioned, <laughs> I don't know, I grew up like that. Uh, but I want to know what is the right thing to do in this.
1: Well, yeah, the, the, just uh, I'll definitely share my thoughts on it and I'll ask you some more questions. As far as there being a, a, like a right thing, and even as a professional, there isn't something that I can tell you, every psychologist is going to give you the same answer. So there isn't a clear black and white right thing, I'll share my thoughts with you and we can explore it a little bit more. Um, My my first thought is to do less, to not get so involved that, you know, you might not approve of it. You might not agree with it. Even if she was your daughter, I would say you it might not be your place to tell her she can or can't do something. It seems like she's, uh, you said 17, so soon 18. Um, you could share your opinion. You could talk to her about it if she was your daughter. The fact that she's mm-hmm. not your daughter even more makes me think that I wouldn't want you to get involved, you know, and I'll even ask you what you, what your intention is. You're saying, I don't like it. So we cannot like something that someone does, but it doesn't mean that gives us the right to tell them to not do it. And then also, even if we tell them that makes them not do that thing. So, uh, there's lots of things that get in the way that more than likely, what I would think happens is if you tell her, it's not good to put a picture of yourself kissing on Instagram. Um, the biggest thing that will happen is your relationship with her will change her changing what she puts on yeah mm -hmm. what she puts on instagram or not probably won't change just you know how comfortable she is talking to you or you know those types of things will almost definitely change so um i would say to that part no now showing her dad or not i get it that's uh um maybe you feel like you want to be open with with him uh, and, and tell him, but let me first on that that other part what is it that makes you want to tell her something and what would you even if you were to tell her something, what would you say?
0: so i i myself i had a very open and close family in the same time i, I I'm just going back to my young age mm-hmm. and um I started dating my ex-husband when I was uh, around i would say eighteen. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, 16. Mm-hmm. But we end up marrying it, uh, each other, but I married Virgin. So, and in my culture and my family, they always like, and he was open to come to my place. We were, I mean, it was like, everybody knew about our relationship. But I never really abused that to show everybody. We basically, uh, obviously, I know that they, they kissing each other, I mean, they, I mean, boys and girls are not sitting in, inside a room and looking at each other right mm-hmm. so this is like a humanity i mean i'm not saying that this is wrong, but she's a kid and she can she should understand that whatever she's posting in instagram might come back and haunt her later on and having this big picture of kissing each other i mean what is what, what she try I'm, I'm trying to understand what, what is the reason she showed this picture to the world, what she wants mm-hmm. to do. Because even for, um, based on our last conversation we had, she wasn't even really into this relationship because she thinks that she she's a little bit much more mature and grown up than he is. And she's like, I'm not sure that this relationship gonna go somewhere. But, mm-hmm. okay, if, if you have such an opinion of why you're doing this, to showing to public to what okay if it's if it would be the normal picture I wouldn't mind even a chick kiss or something but this is like a little bit more bold I mean I don't mm-hmm. understand. I don't know how to explain my feeling I think you might get it in I'm some
1: getting point a that- sense of it you know you're expressing it and and even when you say why we we don't we don't know maybe at some point if you talk to her she wants to talk to you about it she can tell you more about that why there could be lots of reasons You even said it's more bold maybe she wants to be more bold or put something out there maybe she's you know wants to show she has a boyfriend even if she's not sure about the relationship herself there could be a lot of uh, of reasons behind why she might do that and and my i'm not saying that definitely it's the right thing to do or i would encourage her to do it but there's a difference between what we think is right and what we have the right to interfere about and that's what what i'm thinking is here's is, is the issue is that you might not agree with it and if she asks you your her your opinion especially again you're you're not the mom you're the stepmom so mm-hmm. if she wanted to talk to you about it or if you talk to her about her relationship and it comes up, you can share that opinion. I would even say then mildly because, um, you know, if you say, oh, no, you definitely should not do that. or people going to look at it this way or that way? We you're right. She's young and we can make mistakes when we're young, but also she's younger than us and in a different generation than us. where maybe some things are different than it would be. You're right in Iran. I mean, you know, that that would be crazy to even think about putting a picture publicly kissing on the lips with someone when you're that age or any age really unless you're married and even then probably you wouldn't do it so there's cultural and generational issues that make it seem so wrong to you and as i said i'm not even saying it's necessarily right for her but we have to be aware that she's in a different world almost than what we're talking about so if we try to place the values of our world onto hers it's not even the right place we're not in the right the same place as she is so That's if she even asked you. But if you do talk to her about it, even still, I would still recommend that you allow her to tell you more about it rather than think you should convince her of some kind of right or wrong. And especially since you described her as introverted, sometimes introverts aren't as talkative. I don't know if that's what you meant by that, too. And so sometimes it makes us think, well, let me tell her more to fill the conversation. But I would actually even more say if you're talking to someone like that, it's important to ask questions and pause and give her space to tell you more rather than, okay, well, it's quiet. That means it's a good time for me to tell her a few things for a few minutes, you know, and she might just listen quietly because that might be more her personality. But it doesn't mean the conversation is going well or she's even taking in what you're saying. Um, I'm looking at the time we're at a commercial break and, you know, we got into a lot of it and maybe some of the things you know, not wrapped up, but we talked a bit about them. But I want to talk a little bit more, give you some more space to share From your perspective your thoughts and the relationship more generally so uh, let's talk after the commercial break okay thank you all right we'll be right back welcome back before the break we're with the caller let's go back to them now caller are you still there yes okay so let me know what you thought about during the break I, I said a lot right before the break so what's on your mind based on our discussion so far
0: so, um I wasn't actually thinking that um uh, what would be my husband's kind of face expression or what she, he he's thought will be if yeah. he sees that, but in the same time, I was thinking, you know she she's grown up kinda, mm-hmm. and um maybe I just need to leave her alone. I mean, this is what I always thought about her. That okay. She's she's coming from the divorced family. She tried to have a very good relationship with her stepfather and father and mom and stepmom. So she she's kind of settled about everything and everybody. Maybe mm-hmm. she hurt uh, inside, and this is her only freedom that she has. And I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm I'm trying to figure out. I don't want to harm her. I don't want. I I really love this girl, mm. and. I'm trying to help her to not do mistakes. And I always told her, I said, listen, if I'm saying something to you, it's not to criticize you or uh, put you down or tell you you're wrong. I'm just trying to tell you that in life, we've gone through some stuff in our life that we made a mistake and we don't want you to try the same mistake we made. It's not about, obviously you will do it anyway and it's your right to do it and learn it yourself but sometimes you pay a lot for your mistakes and we don't want that but again I mean as I said as my being a stepmom sometimes I don't even see my room to even talk mm-hmm. and my main question after this it would be I don't even know in this age what should I do how should I do it? my husband really wants me to be more involved in her life and be more close to her because the way i live the way i think i mean he he's approving my life better than her uh, biological mom but again i mean it's her right yeah to be more close to her biological
1: absolutely. mom absolutely yeah and no that's
0: kind of privilege that yeah. i
1: have <laughs> i mean well what is it that he likes more about you or your lifestyle compared to his mom I or her think mom
0: maybe our traditional way of how we raised, how we grew up, our moral values in family, how we treat husband, how we treat family, how we treat elders, how we treat kids. You know what I'm saying? It's like, kind of balancing everything. Um, and because this is not really something that he could found on um, his ex-wife, so he thought this is a very bold personality on me plus my kindness. I'm I'm, I'm a people person. I, I love people. I like he, I mean, talking to them. I mean, a nice version of everything, unless something
1: bad comes up. And, and I'm, I'm sure you're great. I'm not. What I'm going to say next is not that you're not good. I'm sure you are good. But even what you said, you know, about like everything is in balance. For example, in our culture, every culture thinks it's balanced. You know, they think they value what they should value to the degree they should value it, and they think other cultures might ha- have it wrong. That's just kind of how culture works as we think, for example, a man, a man should do this and a woman should do this and it's unnatural or wrong to do it otherwise. But that's just the way that culture has understood things or, or their values. So um, now it could, it's good for you and your husband to be aligned in your values. That's a very important thing for a relationship. And that's good for you and him. But I think in no way does that mean, you know, his daughter should come more towards being like you or you should try to push for that in some way or try to you know disagree with the mom so if the mom is a certain way that you have to come and present the other side i think that's not at all a good space you know to put that pressure on you and as i was saying before if anything it would likely just negatively impact your relationship with her and not even make her a certain way so um we do have to understand our culture feels so right to us but it doesn't mean that it is you know it doesn't mean it's the most right thing it's just right for us. Let me so, however, correct you
0: something. I sure. think I think I a uh, little bit went too far about it because the both are kind of modernized in our culture. Okay. So we, we took good stuff about our culture and give away the bad stuff. And the okay. reason I'm calling you today because I don't want to push her towards something that I think it's right and it's actually not right because as I said this is uh i'm from different culture the mom is from different culture the father is from different culture and she was born and grew up in canada mm-hmm. like completely different even they're not even close to even american what's the culture so, of
1: the the parents
0: so the they are eastern european
1: okay that's gonna help you that, that's it that doesn't and it doesn't matter that much i'm just curious um about that yeah so you're just saying they're not canadian either where she's growing up and that's no
0: I mean they both uh, my my husband actually grew up um, almost he lived in Canada and he's m- most of his life I mean, okay. he moved to Canada when he was 11 12 hmm.
1: okay yeah so that I means he probably has that connection with it and and even you know those things do matter in understanding the bigger picture uh, but at the end of the day allowing this young girl soon to be a woman to figure out her own self and life and cultural values is important. If she has conversations with you, you can share, but it's not to impose. So we have to have that humility. And that's why even when you asked me, I, I'm trying to use my professional knowledge and experience as much as I can, but I know I have my own bias about things that doesn't necessarily mean it's right. It just means what might feel right to me. And so I would suggest, I mean, this is really to everyone when we talk to other people to not assume we have the right values or the right way. So you might think, okay, she's doing this and that's wrong. She should do this, mm-hmm. but we have to check that and realize, like, I, I don't, you know, this is how I see it, but maybe some of it's wrong too. So I can share my perspective and make it a conversation. I always encourage that. Let's talk about it. You know, I thought this, this, what do you think and she's like, Well, no, I think it's okay for whatever. And then you just talk, but not your, you know, I know even the way, the way your husband is suggesting, it's like, no, convince her. I don't know if he's saying it that strongly that this way is better than that way. But I, I don't even think that's the right way to approach these things because we don't know. I don't know if the way I the way I was raised culturally was the right way or, I, as you said, I think that's the ideal that we're all striving towards is take the good from our culture, but also get rid of the bad and take good from other cultures and perspectives. And that's, that's good, but it doesn't mean we've landed at some perfection or we've landed at that ideal. Yeah. We're just striving towards whatever that means. And we're always going to be biased because we're blind to the things we're blind to, you know? So... That's that's my thinking is that not to put that pressure on you or, you know, this is the way we feel often is like, okay, our kids are going to go, you know, this is like, I've worked with a lot of American families. Oh, if they become more Americanized, we're going to lose them and they're going to become such bad people because our culture is good and that culture is bad when that's not the case at all. It feels good and bad to us because that's how culture makes us feel. Again, oh, when someone comes in, you stand up. That's the right way. In some cultures, they don't do that and they don't mean disrespect. I was hearing someone talk about how, Uh, you know, he walked in first to an elevator and this woman that he was with was offended. Like, why would you walk in why wouldn't you let me go first like a lady's first mentality but he said in his culture the men walk in first to make sure things are safe before the woman walks in exactly so he didn't mean disrespect it was just different ways so to someone who might be oh what a uh, you know he's a jerk he walks in first but we don't understand what the cultural values are that are driving what he's doing which actually might be very kind and uh, you know positive so we our feelings about our culture are always going to feel like this is the right way and I have to protect her from the wrong way but I would just recommend recognizing first we don't know like as I I, you know I can tell you some things I might think are healthier in a general sense but posting what kind of picture to say where is the line of what's an okay picture to post that's not something I can say is black and white Um, but if anything I would want you to have conversations with her rather than think your role is going to be to to lecture her or to teach her the right and wrong of things and even about making mistakes first of all doing we, maybe we think something is a mistake and it's not that's one the other part is we think okay because a mistake means pain and you're right sometimes we pay a cost but if we stop all the mistakes that someone's going to make we're also stopping a lot of their growth and learning that they would make so it isn't always even the better thing to say oh he's going to have a fight with his friend let me tell him how to not have a fight maybe they need to figure out okay have the fight and work it out so they they learn from it you know so Um, Don't think that you have to prevent her mistakes. Another aspect of that is sometimes when we have experienced things ourselves, we then, whether it's our kids or in this case, it can even be, you know, another child, but that's in your life we want to make sure they don't go through what we went through. And sometimes we go too far the other way, you know, so it's like, well, no one told me what to do. I hear this with a lot of parents that I've worked with where they say, well, I wish my mom or dad would help me. So I wouldn't make the mistakes I made because they were totally, you know, gone and oblivious and too busy with work to know what I was doing. And then now they're too involved in their kid's life. And that's not healthy either to go to that, that other level. So it can be good as you were doing, reflecting on what did I go through and how might that impact how, what I'm suggesting to her, or what I think she should do, um, but my general thought is to give her that space. Even even if she was your own kid, I would give you similar advice. Although I would understand you could be much more involved, but especially because you're, she's your stepdaughter, I would you know recommend being even more hands off. And you're a support; you're there for her if she wants to talk. Hey, let's talk. But you know, not to think my job is to make her become a certain way or to not do certain things. Even if her you know father wants you to do that. I don't think that's going to be a, a good role for you to have.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're suggesting to not even share this with
1: father, right? Well, th- that part's a bit complicated because I'm very big on openness in relationships and not not having secrets. Now, this is not a secret about you. It's something that you saw that makes it more blurry than if it was like you did something, like you ran into a friend and you thought he might not like it, but you know I'd want you to tell him. It's about his... His daughter now, I mean, to me, even like, okay, she posted a picture is not the biggest deal, you know. So if you found out she was using some kind of drugs and was, in, you know, having an issue with it, that's different. That's her life is really experiencing something significant. But she put a picture that to you is maybe not the right kind of picture as appropriate. Does Do you have to get into it with him? Not necessarily. Um, let me ask you this. What do you think would be his reaction if you tell him or if you showed him?
0: I want to say two ways, maybe he's going to be extremely against it. I was actually preparing myself to answer this question, I was, <laughs> <laughs> I knew that you're going to ask yeah. this, but um, the reason I'm more confused, he might be so subtle about it, and he will be okay about it, and he might be extremely against it, it's like this is totally wrong. Mm-hmm and i do not i mean if he would be settled about it i would be as, as i said me and my husband we are like best friends we can talk about everything and we discuss everything and i don't want that um in and my situation here if if he would have a instagram or the mom would have a instagram i wouldn't even get involved on this it's like you know what it's their mm-hmm. business get them raise their kid i don't care but i don't want that, for example, if uh, my our mutual friends find out about this picture and they send it to him, then he will be mad at me that, hey, you knew it and you didn't yeah. uh, show it to me.
1: Well, th- yeah. That's
0: my main concern, that I do not want to be the, um, uh, there's a Persian expression that you don't want to, uh, the one who turn on the fire, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the same time, I don't want to put her in a bad situation either, because maybe she's just an innocent kid, and she doesn't even think about that. Yeah, that far to see. Oh, what is the circumstances of sending well, such
1: Well, yeah, to and the stuff. fact that you said that her mom is not following her. You know, sometimes parents and kids have that agreement. Like the kid will say, "I don't want you to follow me on on social media, so please don't." So maybe that's why she's not following her. It's not like they just you know haven't thought of it or you know they don't um know that they're both on instagram maybe she doesn't want her mom to follow her Jack. like i'd rather you know you don't snoop I in on think my public. that's a
0: that's a case i feel like oh she trusted me and if i show this to the father yeah i will break the trust
1: yeah and maybe you know and that's something to consider even in a, a different kind of conversation should you follow her if her mom is not following her maybe you don't need to follow her either you know not that i'm saying like unfollow her and block her or do anything drastic like that but to um Maybe there's something there she doesn't want her mom to know, and maybe you're the, the cool stepmom, so she you knows she, shows you those things, um, or is okay with you seeing those things. But yeah, maybe it's okay for you not to follow her if like that's the way she is with her parents. That you're part of that, even though you're you're not her biological parent, you're part of that parent structure. You're, you know, you're part of that same level, uh, of people in her life. So that's also something. To consider. Oh, by
0: the way, it's um, I mean, it, I'm not in her. Uh... I'm not chasing her what she does. <laughs> no, 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 I, <laughs> I didn't know? mean
1: even chasing her. Um, just even that that's I'm, there. Yeah.
0: I'm, I'm I'm myself. My social media kind of access and how I'm searching for Instagram um, kind of topics is completely different than see what she does or what my friends. I don't care. I'm not following yeah. this kind of
1: stuff. No, busy. no, I didn't mean you're necessarily but, trying to get information out of it or looking, yeah, but even that I, it, having it the access to it.
0: And yeah. it, was, it was her profile picture. It wasn't just a yeah. random picture sent or it wasn't the story sure. was shared. You know what I'm saying? Even if, if somebody just type her name, it will pop up. Yeah. Makes sense? So mm-hmm. you don't need to follow her to see that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so coming back to this last question of... Um, should you tell her father or not? I, I mean, I would be okay with you, but I, I don't think as like a big reveal, like, okay, look at this horrible thing that you posted, or you won't believe how bad this is. If you want to just share that I saw this and, you know, wanted to talk about it. I want
0: to let you know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> let you know. But, you know, I would hope you presented like, not like, could you believe this? This is going to leave a mark on yeah, the I internet. a Yeah, and I mean, I would first hope you actually see it that way, because to me, it's not that big of a deal. It's nothing like you need to really worry about or she's not harming herself in some significant way at all, you know? Um, So I don't think you need to feel like that's something so bad. If in the spirit of being open with him, you want to talk to him about it, I can understand that. And this is what I mean by, I wasn't suggesting you're snooping on her, but then if you're going to find out things that you don't know if he'll want to know, well, then you're like getting access to something that then creates this weird dynamic between you and him, you know, where you might see things about her personal life that he doesn't know so that's what I meant by possibly not following her just like you're probably better not to know if she's whatever she's doing and give her that space (laughs) yeah you don't need to know you know if she doesn't want her parents to know then maybe that makes sense you don't know because if you're having this open relationship with him what you know he knows and maybe she doesn't want him to know so that's why I was thinking it just seems like maybe she wants that type of uh, space where you know my her personal life is separate from what her parents know, and if that's the case, then it might make sense for you not to know. Um, so it's not that you're ignoring or abandoning her, or leaving her, it's just giving her that space to have her own personal life, trusting that she'll figure it out. You know, need to to see it. And as I said, I don't not saying that that's why you followed her was to snoop or to get information, but now we're faced with this situation. It makes us aware of this that okay, maybe. Giving her that space is is good, so that she's doing her own thing, and you don't have to be put in this position where you go, Okay, well, what do I tell him? Not tell him about it, you know.
0: Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, thank so you for just, coming. Yeah. <laughs> just have a limited conversation with her, and not a yeah. Not as a suggestion or advice. It's just to be a listener. Right. Or and just ask.
1: And even if she wants that conversation, you know, I wouldn't. You know, think you need to initiate anything with her. Added. All right. All right. Nice talking to you. Thanks for calling.
0: Thank you so much. Take <laughs> Have care. a good evening. Thank you, too. Bye-bye. All right.
1: Let's go to a commercial break. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You know, the, with the last caller, this issue of, of culture came up, and uh, she very openly expressed how she felt about things, and I'm glad she did. And uh, what I shared there, I wanted to. Uh, expound on a bit more this sense of of right and wrong when it comes to culture and even this way that things feel uh, natural or innately good or bad and sometimes we feel that it can't just be a a bias or a feeling it feels so deep we think it's something natural but uh, really we have to be aware of how much the ways we've experienced things can shape how we feel about things so just looking at culture to begin with Often when we think of culture, we think of things like language or types of food or types of music. And that is part of culture, of course. But culture is much more than that. Uh, Culture is about morality, about right and wrong. Even some definitions of culture make it as if uh, or describe it like this is how we do things here. Basically, this is what's right and what's not right uh, or how to live right and not right. So if we think of culture as this bigger way of values uh, and realize that when we are exposed to a culture, we then internalize those values, we can see that we have this very strong reaction to some things are right and some things are wrong, that we are then feeling this is just the way it is. And that's how people feel. This is what a, a man should do, a woman should do, a father should do, a mother should do. And it doesn't feel like just opinion or... Um, a way of thinking, it seems like the way of thinking. And so it can be important for us to recognize that, that we have without our own um, effort, just by exposure, we have internalized these values from what has gone on around us, what we've been told. You know, even I can think of some funny um, examples in my own life. So as an Iranian kid growing up, when you talk to an adult, you don't just say their name, right? So you don't just say um, uh, the first name of the person that's an adult. You're not supposed to do that. You always add something like June or John or maybe a Mr. before or Mrs. before their name or doctor or whatever title they might have. But you don't just say someone's name that's an adult, when, especially when you are younger and especially when you're a child. It's no. It's seen as disrespectful. But then you look at some... American cultures, and you see this in a lot of movies, but also happens, of course, in real life, reflecting, uh, the the movies are reflecting that, where, you know, someone meets their partner's parents or a friend's parents, and they say, oh, Mr. Miller, nice to meet you, and they say, oh, no, don't call me Mr. Miller, call me Paul, or whatever their name is, so we see that they are um, showing that there's a familiarity there and a closeness, that means, no, I want you to call me by my first name. You don't need to put a mister or anything else in front of it. But then in a Persian culture, this would be seen as disrespectful if you called someone by their first name. And so I remember at my first um, internship or one of my internships in graduate school, um, my supervisor was a, a doctorate level uh, therapist, psychologist, but they insisted that I call them by their first name, just just the first name. And for me, this was very difficult. I always wanted to say doctor so-and-so, even the first name at least, say doctor first name or doctor last name, to just say their first name um, felt wrong for me. And so we could see, it's not that there's something inherently wrong in saying someone's first name if they're older than you or in a supervisory position, but it can feel wrong to certain people based on their cultural upbringing. And so for me, even though I was Uh, born in the united states and raised here i still had this very strong sense of right and wrong about saying an adult's name without some kind of title before it or some kind of term of endearment after it but we can see if we try to take a step back we can never step out of our own heads completely but we can see that there's likely nothing inherently right or wrong about that we can see the value in you can call me by my first name and that shows a certain closeness and a certain sense of familiarity and comfort that you can have with me. We can hopefully see that benefit, even if we still think it's better to add the title or the term of endearment at the end of it. And so it it takes a lot of effort, a lot of conscious reflection to become more aware of these biases. We can never be completely unbiased because we are looking at things still from our own perspective. Even if we try to take a step back, we're seeing it from somewhere. Uh, I think I one time heard it explained as no matter what your perspective is, there's always a place you're looking from. You can't be looking from some perfect place to observe something. So you're looking at this house. You might think, well, the front is the the right place, but that's still a perspective that's going to give you certain biases or ways of seeing things or the old adage of a bunch of different scientists and their uh, they found an elephant in the dark and one person says, oh, no, it's like a hose because you're at the trunk. One person says it's big like a tree because you're at the leg, uh, you know, and because they're at different parts of the animal. They think it's different things, but that's their perspective. So it takes effort for us to recognize these things. And it can be challenging because when we think of life in these right or wrongs, this is the right way to do things. This is the wrong way. This is the moral, immoral way of doing things and we've been thinking that way for so long and even living that way for so long, when that gets challenged, it's not just a new idea or a new type of music, it's something that really hits to the core of who we are and who we've been throughout our life. So if you've been talking to adults in a certain way, people that are older than you, and now you see someone casually talking to an adult without that same kind of deference or using a title when they refer to them, You can say, no, this is wrong, and if I assume that this is right, that would mean that the way I was doing things was wrong or was wasteful. Why was I going out of my way to do all those things? So we challenge it very strongly. We say, no, no, this is wrong, and look at these disrespectful Americans or disrespectful whatever it is. They don't understand the right way to do things. But I think we all can benefit from a dose of cultural humility to recognize that although it feels so right to us and we can feel so connected to it, it doesn't necessarily mean it's inherently the right thing or the right way to do things. And an analogy I like to think of when we look at this is sometimes we think of our, our, let's say, our ancestors or our cultural heritage. We think, no, this is the right way. This is the good way to do things. But I think we can look at, rather than looking back, imagine looking forward and you look at a baby and you have a baby in front of you and you think, This is such a beautiful baby and I love my baby so much. But it doesn't mean your baby is better than another baby and you see someone else holding their baby. You can imagine, I'm sure they love their baby so much. I have love for their baby too, but I can imagine for them, they have such a love and connection for their baby. And it doesn't mean we have to say one is better than the other or one baby is good and one is bad. One is the the best baby and one is not a good one. We all can understand that we have love for the baby that we've been given just like we can have love and appreciation for the culture that we have but it doesn't mean we have to put down other cultures to have that love for our own culture so i can love my baby but it doesn't mean I have to say another baby is bad i can say oh look at that beautiful baby over there this is my baby that i've been given that i'm going to take care of and i love and cherish but i don't have to put any other baby down similarly with our cultures we can hopefully have that same type of mindset i love my culture and there's things about it that i really appreciate, but it doesn't mean I have to put another culture down or say mine is better than theirs in order to appreciate my own. I can still love my own, see the good in it, also see the not good in it as the caller uh, themselves mentioned, but I don't have to put the other person down in order for myself to feel good about it. This is just the culture I've been given. Everyone has been given their culture. We don't have to think of them as better or worse we can think of them as different and hopefully as she also mentioned learn from different cultures because oftentimes we get a new perspective when we talk to people from different cultures that opens our eyes to something that we think wow i thought you can only see it this way but now i can see it was because of what i was exposed to that i didn't realize there's another way to see things and i think that can be be quite wonderful Let's go to a, another commercial break. Studio number 310 555. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Let's go to another caller. Radio Habra, you're on the air. Uh,
3: Dr. Ellaquy. Hi, thanks uh, for calling. Hi, uh, thank you for taking my call. Sure. And also, I'm very pleased to speak to you and uh, very happy.
1: Oh, likewise. Well, yes. thank you. <laughs>
3: This is regarding my son. Okay, uh, he yeah he's thirty years old. Thirty, okay.
1: And,
3: t- thirty, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was uh, he had a girlfriend uh, like uh, approximately four years ago, and they lived together for one year while they were well. Actually, she graduated. My son he was graduate as well, but uh, my son he continued uh, his education, and then they were living together for almost a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And things goes wrong with them, and they broke up after one half year. <laughs> they love each other. I know she, she really loved my son. My son really loved her. And uh, they, because my son, he was very involved with his school, so he kind of like uh, pushing this, you know, like his education to, to forget about her, just to study hard and keep going at the education to make it sure, because she, he really loved her. And she couldn't, I mean, he couldn't really forget all about her. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was talking to, to him, and I said, you know, things happen, blah, blah, blah. And uh, eventually, after he graduated from his, because he's a lawyer. He, he just graduated a year ago, and he's doing the practicing the law. And uh, after he graduated, I think he kind of comes down and relaxed And then uh, they set up to see each other again. Okay. So there was a gap here after the breakup, the relationship. After one half year, there is a breakup here two and a half years, something like that, or three years maybe. Okay. And then now they are getting back to each other. They again they love the saw all over. And uh, I'm a little concerned here this relationship coming back. I have no no, re- you know, objective respect to having these two having. You know relationship again but I just want to make sure with your permission and uh, you tell me how would I because I want to protect my son I want to make Mm -hmm. sure uh, you know he's not gonna get hurt again he was crying for me you know when he was when they were living together and they left each other he was kind of very in love with her so I don't want that thing happen again so I was just wondering is this sort of allowed that my son? Because I don't want her, because she very, very pretty. She's like, if you look at her, she's like a star, like an actor. Very pretty. Uh, she, she's very educated, and uh, and I'm kind of scared, you know.
1: What are you? So, so you're scared that he's going to get hurt again?
3: My son gets hurt again. Yeah, because and, if something goes, because what happened, I have to give some information yeah. regarding the my. I mean, right now the fiance he already asked her to marry her. They give the ring and everything else. Right now she she is the fiance. She, okay. she already came over here. We, we have fun. We have dinner together. She's a very good girl. I have no problem with that. But this time I want to be more careful when he goes forward with this relationship.
1: Well, we, yeah, I mean, I get that you, um, you're worried about him getting hurt, but, you know, even when we enter a relationship, we can't predict for sure that we won't get hurt, and we have to risk getting hurt, and similarly, for your son especially, we can't prevent him from getting hurt, he has to be able to risk that, now, you know, if he wants to yep. talk to you about it, he, the thing for me about people do break up and get back together and like anything, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. It's not always the wrong thing and it's not always the right thing. The important thing for me is usually to try to recognize, okay, what were the causes for the breakup and have those things that led to the breakup changed in some way or been worked out or worked through so that now the relationship is is something different than it was. But you know, we can't just get back together to get back together. but you can you know i was talking to the previous caller and that was about a 17 year old stepdaughter so that's a little bit different but even here he's 30 still uh, to some degree you know i know you want to protect him but we we can't you know stop him from doing something we can if he wants to talk to you about it you can talk to him about it but you know that to think your role is to to stop this relationship if you think it's wrong uh, i don't think is is the right thing but has he talked to you about the relationship or why they got back together or what's happened
3: uh, well, he, he talks just a little bit, but uh, I don't even ask. I don't go through the through the detail with him because he's very private and he doesn't want to talk about it. Okay. And uh, and I I respect him because, uh, but I still I ask a couple of questions here and there and I figured out what's going on with him. The reason I'm saying that because she's she's a very good woman. I have no, I mean, you know, she's very beautiful and I have no problem with that. The only problem is she's boss. She's the boss in the in the relationship. Means if they want to buy a couch, if she decided to buy the white couch or yellow couch, that's the way we're gonna do. My son he has no say so about the color. Mm-hmm. If they want to put a table, if they want to buy a table, they're gonna buy a table the way she likes it, not the way uh, the both of them likes it. So basically, she's in charge of of inside the the, you know they live in an apartment two bedrooms but uh, everything they buy the, she's in charge mm-hmm. but my son he's the one paying Uh huh. okay yeah. and then that's the issue I have I said okay she's he, too bossy and she really want to control uh, this kind of stuff but in the same so okay because my son uh, for his uh, four years college he's a psychologist and he's a' he's a, he's a psychology major he mm-hmm. and also he he worked with the kids when he was a lawyer he worked with the kids for almost uh, two three years helping them the the poor people you know what i mean uh-huh. and he knows how how kids are how to he also he did a lot of tutoring since he was ninth grade he used to, you know since ninth grade he was doing tutoring to them with them. And uh, from 12, I mean, uh, when he graduated from, from high school, then he continued helping these kids. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, he went to the law, he's a lawyer, he's still helping the kids to get into the university. So he's very good with the kids, and he's telling me, that's what he's telling me. He says that even though I have no control in the house, I pay for everything but she has to make the decision what color, what kind, and what material. But she's allowing me, once we have kids, I'm going to be in charge to raise the family. Okay. Because she has more experience. She, because she has more experience in raising... I mean, not experience raising yeah. kids, but you work with, with children kids, yeah. almost 18 years, okay. total 18 years.
1: Well, you know, I mean, hopefully that will... If they want that agreement, they can make it happen. Sometimes when people are controlling, usually it comes into all areas of life. So we'll see, but that's that's for them to figure out. Um I mean, he shared with you that much. And if he's okay, you know, at the, the end of the day, a relationship, the way we judge it is by the two people who are in the relationship. How do they feel? So if he's okay with it, then we, we have to give him that space to be okay with it. And maybe it's not a relationship you would want or you have your concerns about it, but we, you know, we can't tell him what kind of relationship he, he should have. If he talks to you about it and you can mention it as a, you know, this is something I noticed. I guess he told you he doesn't have a lot of control in the relationship. So he acknowledges that. So when you mentioned that to him, were you trying to tell him, I'm worried you don't have control in the relationship? Or how did that even come up?
3: Uh, well, because, uh, you know, when we're going over, because he has a little allergy. Uh-huh. And uh, like, uh, you know, he's allergy towards the cat, dogs, milk, regular milk. Also, he has allergy towards some stuff if there is some, you know, like, for example, they bought a nice rug, and uh, these rug is, uh, you know, like regular rugs and it started getting the, the hair coming out of it. You know, uh-huh. it's a very beautiful, but still, because it's brand new, there's a lot of stuff coming out of it. And my son, he got to getting I know that because I raised him. He has a lot of allergy towards this kind of stuff. And we already told her that, you know, he's I give like, her all the history of his background. And, you know, he has an towards dogs, cats. He cannot have milk. He cannot have ice cream. You know, this kind of stuff, he goes to his nose. He's going to start sneezing for hours. We already explained to her like that. But huh. it's still, she's the kind of like, she's still, you know, it's hustling. You have to hustle with her to understand this kind of stuff.
1: So, so he's getting allergic reactions to the rugs or the carpets, and yeah,
3: because some of these carpets, yeah. I don't know, they bought some ca- kind of carpet that it gives a little hairy stuff. Sure. The white color is just I don't know, is the threads the way the material of the thread is? Or I don't know what it is. Yeah. But you, you will see, it's like a, it's like a hair of the sheep. You know when yeah. you see it on the, you know.
1: I was you know what you 000. said when you said it's a hairy rug I was going to say that sounds like a persian drug like a bad joke but no, but I get what you mean yeah
3: it's only 500 dollars rug
1: yeah that that no I'm not saying that the type of rug itself I guess your point is that you think that not just controlling but he's not taking she's not taking him into account that okay I like this rug but it might make him sick or make right. him have allergies exactly so the tough yeah. you know the way you're describing your son and actually even Um, Of course, lots of people have allergies, but we at times see a connection between people who have allergies and people who are more emotionally sensitive. And the way you're describing that he's involved with helping lots of people, helping kids, he likely is a more emotionally sensitive person. I'm not sure if you see him that way, but that would be my assumption based on just what you've shared so far. And, you know,
3: he is, he is, doctor. Yeah. You're correct. You're 100% correct,
1: yes. So, and the thing is, you know, you know, as much as you want to help him, the tough part here is what you're saying is I want him to stand up to her more or you know I think that's what you're saying make sure his his what he wants is 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 important um even the way you're describing he advocates for other people's rights maybe you want him to advocate more for his own rights or have someone to do that for him but we really can't stand up for him to teach him to stand up for himself you know so for you to get involved wouldn't help in a way. And even, you know, even if you're right about it, it probably wouldn't make a difference. So, you know, you could, as I said, talk to him about it or just say as a concern, and I would present it very softly, not as, okay, this is wrong, or this is a bad relationship. But if you want to say, sometimes this, I noticed this, how do you feel about it? Or what do you think? And then at the end, we have to leave it at that. We can't, you know, tell him he can't be with her or, or or stop the relationship. And you haven't mentioned that yet, but you know really there's not much you can do your hands are tied to a degree as far as you know not yeah. choosing this. according
3: to your father it says when you, you the reason man gets married there is two things one they doing it for sex the second having baby uh-huh. that's the main issue they are getting married according to your dad uh-huh. so so my question is is the first one sex, sex he loves that sex and I think that shit makes him blind. It's it's. Do you know, do you know what I mean?
1: That yeah. That's how That's how bad it is. Well, or or how good it is, I guess is what you're saying. But
3: <laughs> how good it is? Yeah. But yeah, it's so good that
1: makes him blind. Yeah, but but even if that's the case, you know, you're not going to give him eyes like to see it differently. You know, you got to allow him. That that might be what's happening because you said you know she she's very yeah, attractive. But
3: the thing is, how would but he she has to give a little bit in. So sure. you know, I'm not saying fifty fifty, you give fifteen percent, he gives she gives she gives you know
1: yeah well he's
3: he don't know, at least some ratio led him to decide or do something. Right. You know, to me hundred percent she's making decisions.
1: Yeah, and, and, and look she
3: loves him too. He's not something that because no, maybe because he's a lawyer she got married to him. No. She loves him very much, not because he's a lawyer, because he's a good man. He's a yeah. good kid. You know, he he helps people. Sure, you know, it's different.
1: Well, you know, yeah. and you look. If you ask me what's an ideal type of relationship, I would say yeah, closer to, it's not 50-50, but even if we talk about 100-100, where both people are giving you know 100 percent. But I I agree with what you're saying in principle. And you're talking about the reasons why people get married you know often we marry someone that fits for us in some way sometimes it's not even the most healthy but it fits in some way so maybe your husband uh, your your son even likes to be in a relationship where he's being controlled or the other person makes all the decisions because if more of it was on his shoulders maybe that would stress him out maybe he's not good at making decisions so i'm not saying he should
3: That's part of it, too. Yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, I'm not, again, saying this is the right. Sometimes we go towards someone who fits in a way, but it's unhealthy and it could lead to problems down the line. And it's possible if, you know, the way you see it is like way too controlling. Over time, he might build resentment towards her, get upset about those things and feel like I'm disappearing in this relationship. Mm -hmm. The way you're describing your son, if he's so... You know uh, fixated on taking care of other people that's beautiful in some ways but sometimes those kinds of people can forget about their own feelings and be so preoccupied with making sure everyone else is okay but then over time they start to build a resentment that what about me what about my feelings so it, it's possible these things that you're saying and as i said earlier my thought always with these kinds of situations is okay what led to the breakup and have those issues been addressed or resolved at some level that could make sense that this relationship could now work if it didn't work before. But, you know, a lot of what we're seeing is that probably they they match in a way. Now, do they match in a way where it's a healthy match or it's they match, but it's unhealthy in certain ways that might play out over time? It, it's hard to say for sure. Uh, as I said, you can share that with your son, these concerns you have. It seems like you already have. So if you have, I would say um, allow him to to figure it out. I know you want to prevent him from getting hurt, but... We can't do that. We can't even prevent ourselves from getting hurt. Or if we live by trying to prevent ourselves from getting hurt, we're going to prevent ourselves from living too. Because when we enter a relationship, we have to risk that we can get very hurt by that relationship. That's the only way to, to really be in that relationship. So
3: I'm asking him to a little bit, open your eyes and don't, don't be just because you love her and because it's good, everything, and you know, that relationship, not kiss, that is the first part don't don't yeah hundred percent is not that because after a while, this gets kind of like a slow down, and things kind of different you know yeah he's not he's not gonna be as hardy than you know a few years back later right
1: but yeah sure but does has he shared what does he say to even those and i would always recommend as i even talked to you know previously with the, the other caller and always you know if you have a talk with him make it a conversation so if you just tell him open your eyes do this do that he's probably gonna say okay dad okay and that's it. Yeah, that's what <laughs> Yeah, but I would encourage you to say, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think? Like, have him tell you. Make sure he's talking more than you in the conversation. So, yeah, you know, sometimes I worry that, you know, it seems like somebody she's controlling, yeah. making this. Is, the the doctor,
3: tell- this is exactly what he told me. He says, that I want her to make the decision all the way through before we start having kids. Okay. So that means whatever house she wants to rent or buy, she's the one going to pick. Whatever yeah. furniture, she's the one gonna pick. Whatever the, the, the car, she's gonna pick. He's saying that it's okay with me, as long as, as long as, you know, she is allowing him because she knows that he's got experience, he's got very good at it. Mm-hmm. You know, let the family, let him to be in charge of the family as far as raising not raising kids, he, he's still going to be involved, but yeah, the thing is, the decisions. He, he put more effort to it and then if he doesn't yeah. study something about the kids, how to raise them, how to do it, who, who he's going to talk to, to get some advice, my son going to get involved mm-hmm. probably 80%, 90%.
1: Yeah, well, so here's the thing. they both agree to it. Yeah, and that's, well, the most important thing is for them to agree with it, but I, I, had, I do have some concerns, but above and beyond all of that, even if I have concerns and even if my concerns are have some validity or the concerns you have are valid it doesn't mean you should interfere with their relationship you know so i do have a concern one like i said before you know when people are controlling usually it's not like they can just completely turn it off in this whole domain of life which is like raising kids um but also mm. yeah i do i understand where you're coming from because i'm getting the sense The way you've described him and some of these things in the relationship that he's very much about making making it about the other person and making sure the other person is okay And even that he gets to have the control with kids. Well, that's a relationship that's very one sided, too, where it's about doing what's best for the kids and we have to put our own needs as much as possible away. So there's some things Mm -hmm. there where I can, you know, I can have a concern of him. Does he... You know, even a lot of times people that are very... They, they say they're easygoing. And so they say, oh, I don't care where we go. I don't care what we do. I don't care what's going on. They actually do care if they actually listen to themselves more but they aren't even aware of what it is they want because they just want to make sure the other person is okay and to avoid the conflict but they're not actually without opinions or without preferences so i would have concerns does he disown his own feelings does he dissociate from what he wants just to make the peace or make everything okay because over time those things will start to come up and he'll be more upset or have resentment and those it won't just disappear so that's a a general thing that's probably how he is with everyone, not just her. And yeah, they in a way have bonded that she wants to have control and he's okay letting someone control, and in that way they've matched. As I said before, is it an unhealthy match that initially works but later on starts to blow up? It's possible. But even there, there's not much that you can do to say you should stop, you know, you can't be with her. So if you talk to him, I would say... No,
3: I'm not saying you can't. I'm I'm never going to say that.
1: But it's
3: just okay anyway the the last question doctor i have it's because they were you know they weren't in relationship for a few years two three years she's very successful as far as the her, her work concerned, uh-huh. you know and these days when you work you through the social media they see you she's very attractive and this kind of stuff so my question to you since they were out and uh, you know and she involved with the, uh, you know, like the way the, the her work is, uh, sometimes she talks with the very rich people, you know what I mean, about okay. the businesses and blah, 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 get that business, do that, blah, blah, blah. So I'm a little concerned about that uh, he had the right to check her phone, her cell phone, to see what he was contacting, and he, you know, like after 10 o'clock p.m. You know, after 10, you have to be going to sleep, Right.
1: Well, you don't have to be going to sit you mean, you mean who she talks to now or who she was talking to when they were broken up? No, now. Well, okay. So my thoughts on this is, I think there should be transparency when you're in a relationship where, you know, they can grab each Mm. other's phone. The only exception is somebody's professionally, let's say like I'm a psychologist or someone is a doctor where if they have things on their phone that's about patient information, they should somehow protect that and that should be, you know, separate. But outside of that, there should be openness um, where you can look at each other's phones if you wanted to. But here's, it's one of these things that's kind of a paradox. It's that you should be allowed to look at each other's phone, but you shouldn't want to check the other person's phone. Because if you do want to check their phone because of, Insecurity, or because you're, you know, jealous or worried, they're doing something. That's that's a problem. So yeah, that's I don't yeah. know if your if your son feels that way. If he's if he's if you're saying you're worried, that's going to be just for you to worry no, about. No,
3: no, he's not even worried about. it. Okay. I didn't even talk about this. No, then I'm I wouldn't just, worry about it at all. I'm, yeah, I'm originally from Iran, and I was born there. I've been here only 50 years. I still have my sure. Persian art, <laughs> uh, you know, things uh, in my thing. Yeah. So this kind of stuff. Uh, you know, sometimes I can't really accept it for me. Not not
1: for my son. Yeah, you know? and that's something so, that I would encourage you as much as you can to deal with it on your own. To not even talk about it with away, your son.
3: Stay away from them
1: as far as they. Yeah, and say in general, but especially these things. You know, you might introduce a worry to him that he doesn't need to worry about. You know, they're they're figuring out their relationship. Right. They're dealing with things. If he's not jealous, if he's okay mm. with whatever she does he has an understanding there's no need for you to say oh but well you know she's talking to these rich guys do you ever wonder if they text her late at, you know that's not yeah for your
3: there is a lot of rich out there they're looking for this kind of woman sure there's a lot you of know, people they have money they have money sure and they even they don't need her business, they're going to start having business with yeah, her. Lots, yeah. just,
1: there's lots yeah. of people that have, can have lots of intentions that we, we might not like or want them to follow yeah, through on. Exactly. But we, especially, even if it was your own partner, you have to give them that space. But especially if it's your son's partner, I would say there's no need for you to at all get in any way involved with this. Or to mention <laughs> oh, it to him, oh, to yeah. suggest it to him, to check her phone. That's your anxiety or paranoia. That doesn't need to be his something to oh, yeah. worry about. So At
3: basically, all. what you're telling me? Don't do it. Just leave him alone. For the, and when he did something wrong, just have my shoulder ready for him to put it that, on my shoulder and start crying. Beautiful. Right? Is that that's what you're it.
1: Me? <laughs> more or less, yes. But I, you know, I hope he doesn't cry. But I, I do understand that's possible.
3: <laughs> no, I'm saying this is. Uh, yeah, basically, basically that's what you're telling.
1: Me. Yes, more or less, because you know, you, and you don't want him to cry. But that's why we're there if they, if no, he needs to I cry. Know. When I yeah. say
3: cry, I don't mean. Ready. Really cry, right, it could, he, it could be, be and it could be, it could be really 40. cry,
1: or it could be just figuratively cry, or he's down, whatever it no, is. The,
3: the first time he cried when he was 16, he still fall in love with the woman, then then yeah. they broke up, blah blah blah. There's, I broke them up because I knew that person is not the right person for sure. Yeah, well, I Because they were kids, right? 16 years old. They're, they're kids. Sure. They don't but don't know what they, what, is good, they, what
1: is They bad. don't, but even then, I you know, I mean, look, that's in the past now, or, you know, 15, 14, 15 years ago. But, you know, in general, just even giving kids, even as kids, the chance to figure it out for themselves. You know, if we make the, you know, going back to we don't want to make decisions for him. And so if we even look at what you just said there, you're making that decision for him. It doesn't teach him how to make the right decisions. It makes him learn that someone else is going to make the right decision for you. You don't know how to make the right decision. So yeah, my but, guess but is, I going
3: to do some stuff that he might hurt them. That yeah. of, then well, then every telling me let him get hurt.
1: Absolutely, right? life is so, getting life involves getting. If you want to protect your kid from ever getting hurt, then your kid can't do anything. Don't play no, any sports.
3: the thing, doctor, sometimes hurting I understand. There's the a small hurting here, there. Yeah. But sometimes if it's a big hurt, then you have to avoid it.
1: know. Not necessarily depends on what we're talking about. I mean, if you, you know, I you always know talk what about.
3: What happened? Let me give you an example. I, well, I'm let me really, let me tell you. Uh, let me stop you yeah. there just because
1: we're actually past okay. the commercial break, and I want to give you a chance okay. to-,
3: you have to. have a good thing to tell you. Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: We're going to put you on hold. <laughs> it's going to be a shorter segment. But we should have some time. I want to hear hear what you have to say. So let's put you on hold, and we'll be back right back. Welcome back. Before the break, we're with the caller. Let's go back to them now. Caller, are you still there? yes i am okay i think you wanted to tell us a story about when your son was 16 and you were not yeah, happy he, with the yeah he
3: was yeah. 16 or 17 somewhere around it that mm-hmm. he had a had a girlfriend and uh, his father was an officer he was the head of the officer and uh his father after like a six months relationship and everything else and the, the reason i'm saying that because you're telling me let the kids Go through the mistake and learn it from their own. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to stop them because if they go through that, they might get hurt a big time themselves. You know what I mean? Sometimes the what happened? Yeah, it is true, doctor. But anyway, so what happened? That dad didn't really didn't want to have this relationship either. He didn't want. They like, I mean, they like him very much, my son, Mm -hmm. and we like her, but. For some reason, I didn't like that relationship because I don't want to get involved with the cops or everything. And then he, he didn't want to get involved with us, um, with, with him, with my son. And then eventually, he stopped because he, he really likes him a lot, loves him, or maybe loves him, I don't know. So that stopped him. So you don't come around to my house. You don't, uh, you don't want to see my daughter anymore, blah, blah, blah. He's a cop, Right. They're going to arrest you if, you if you don't just go and visit and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he didn't do that. He, he just continued because she wanted to see him, too. And then eventually get to the point that he says, don't come. And he kind of drops. You know, he sent other officers, says said, don't come around that house anymore. He mm-hmm. still there. Then during that 4, 4th of July, there was a lot of things happening. You know, people there shoot the things, uh, you know, like, the, what do you call it? The one that, um, on 4th of July. Fireworks. Fire to crack it and everything. Yeah. And what happened, I think his dad said of something, that all of a sudden, the next day, we saw the bomb squad right in the front of our house. Hmm. They knocked the door, coming inside. Well, Julian got, I mean, I'm sorry. That's okay, that's name. for him, yeah. No uh, he got us involved with the, you know, things he was going to blow something out there. He was—he didn't do anything, mm-hmm. but things happening out there, he start putting it—you know—making it you know, a story that he can just tell him to get out of that area. I don't want you to be there. That's what the head, this guy, his her father did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you see how far he went? Sure. He went and sent a, a bomb squad to, to my house.
1: Yeah, I mean that's very and extreme. I called
3: the lawyer right away. And lawyer said, "Don't talk to him. He's not even allowed to come into your house." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He says, "Don't even let him." But I, he, she—actually, that was she. She already was in, and we have to give her some information. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So what I'm saying is. Sometimes people they get hurt if you don't sure.
1: stop them. I mean, but this right? is a, that's a very, you know, I mean, if he really did call the bomb squad, maybe he did. That's yeah, a, he very, did a very, very extreme. <laughs> he... <laughs> yeah. Julian, are you involved
3: with bombing somewhere? Because you're already from Iran, you know, the parents sure. from Iran. And usually these people, Americans, they think we set up something yeah. for our kids to do this kind of stuff. You know, this, they, the first thing is I think that it's probably coming in their mind, you know, it, I don't know.
1: I'm it's possible. Guessing. I mean, but as and look, I'm not saying we never stop kids from doing anything. That that wouldn't make sense. But what I'm thinking when you talk about your son and how he's not making decisions for himself that you think that might be the case, it's something you could reflect on. Did we always give him that space to make his decisions or to show him we trust his decisions because I see this often might not be the case in your your family and how it was with him where because parents want to okay I want to prevent my child from making mistakes why should I let my child get hurt they don't let their children make enough decisions they interfere with their decisions or tell them what they should do or how they should avoid getting hurt, but they don't recognize that that's also sending the message very clearly to the child that you don't know how to make the right decisions, that you shouldn't trust the decisions you're going to make, you're going to get it wrong. So that's what I was pointing at, that there could be these situations where, of course, yes, we can't what I actually differentiate between there's there's hurt that leads to growth and there's hurt that leads to damage. Yeah. So yes, if you're But you're, I have
3: no no problem with that, uh, Okay. doctor. Because these two kids I have two sons. Both of them they're very, very they've been traveling for the last ten years. They go by themselves, they go together, they go with their friends. Almost every year. They go all over the whole world. Mm-hmm. You know, they went and visited Shaw's graves. I haven't even done that yet. <laughs> They, yeah. You know they, my younger son evens a visit there in, in, uh, in uh, what's that called? calledchi um, Mes- in Egypt yeah Whatever. But,
1: but, so, Egypt. yeah you know,
3: so they they do traveling they they that's they try great to protect themselves they, you know they're both uh, very very athletic, they're boxing, they do uh, you know like wrestling, they do all kinds of stuff. believe me and name any sports they are, they already done and there's a couple of them that he they really do more okay. like boxing They've yeah been doing
1: it for a five six year well that's and that look kinds. that's yeah. I, as i said it might not be directly what your family has gone through or how you've uh parented but uh, as i was saying it's just a something to be aware of that when our kids have a hard time making a decision sometimes it could be related to how much we showed them trust in the decisions they're making as they're growing up uh, and here you know as much as you're concerned about the relationship um we have to be aware sometimes there's things that we worry about that might not be an issue, like the jealousy type yeah. of thing. We have to give him his space. If he's not jealous, there's no need to tell him he needs to check her phone or you know those things. Yeah. That that I'm tells sure
3: every man they have a beautiful wife that might be a little bit jealous.
1: That's for sure. Well, jealousy is. My opinion. Jealousy can be part of any relationship, um, you know, and of course it's like anything. Uh, uh, the degree is what matters. So. It comes up in a relationship. We have to allow people to have their own experience of if they feel it or not. Um, And that's where trust comes in, that we understand that hopefully we're with someone that we find desirable, that we'd understand other people might find is desirable. But we trust that they are staying with us because they are, you know, uh, out of the, the loyalty and respect for the relationship and and who they are as a person not just because someone comes along that they are also attracted to similarly whoever it is guy girl whoever you are so we have to give them that trust and you have to give her that trust too but give them their space to figure out especially those aspects of the relationship so could he get hurt of course that's part of any relationship is it your job to make sure he does it i would say no especially because we don't know this is even even if you knew it's wrong whatever that would mean to know it we don't know that it's it's wrong there's things you're worried about you've shared that with him already it seems that you know that that's enough that you've you've already told him if he wants to talk to you as i said make sure he's talking more than you are in the conversation to give him that space to share what he's going through uh but other than that you know we do have to wrap up the show but wish wish all the best to you and your family
3: Thank you so much, Dr. I really appreciate it for your time, and I, you're very awesome.
1: You're great. Thank you. Nice talking. You. To you have a wonderful That's day. Nice talking to you. Take, right, care. Take care. All right. That brings us to the end of today's show. Big thank you to Farhuda here in the studio. You've been listening to In Session with Dr. Farhuda Lakwi. Zan Zendegi Azadi.